Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up? This is Will Carroll and you're listening to the Vieira Vault. Smack of a gob. It's time for another Vieira Vault. And this week, we get into part two of the Judas Priest discography with Will Carroll of Death Angel. And uh, it's awesome. If you tuned in last week, this week is just as awesome. So uh, without me babbling too much, because there's a lot to talk about. Let's get into it, starting with British Steel. Here we go. All right, now I'm going to say something that you and probably everybody in the planet will not agree with. <clears throat> but the next album, Judas Priest, British Steel. And let me just say, you know, I'm 15, timelines everything. Yeah. I don't think Judas Priest has made a better album. I know you're a more Defenders guy, but this to me is, it's just, it's so important. I'll tell you the funny story of British Steel for me was when it came out, I drove my, my bicycle to the store that was like a good 40 to 50, 50 minute drive ride on my little bike. And I got it. And then on the way home, I stopped at this canal. I sat down, took the album out of the bag, flipped it over and looking at these titles like rapid fire, metal God, grinder, yeah. the rage stealer. And I'm like, fuck this. I got back on my bike. You know, I was like, <laughs> I got to hear this fucking album, man. This album, and I am so used to the American version because when I hear the British version and I hear Breaking the Law after Metal God, oh it, yeah, dude, it fucks me up. It's like no, totally. it needs to be Grinder. Totally, you know? it it just it, you know I know me- Breaking the Law may may not be the best opening track. Yeah, Rapid Fire would be like a better opening track, but I'm sorry, I'm just so used to it, you know, and I need. Grinder after Metal Gods. I mean, to me, it's kind of like Heartbreaker, Live and Love and Me. We are the champions and we will rock you. It's yeah. like this song, you know, there's not a lot of gap between those songs. One oh, just hits you, you know, after that last crash, bam, you know, you got that riff and grinder going. It's like, it's so important that when I heard the UK version, it really, it's like, dude, I don't like this, man. So it sucks, you know, how. All the pressings you get now is this version, you know? Yeah, totally. Like the 30th anniversary edition, it's uh, the first song is Rapid Fire. It threw yeah. me off. I, I didn't even know about that European version. And I just put the C, I didn't even look at the, the track listing. I just bought it and I put it on. I was like, whoa, Grinder. I mean, uh, Rapid Fire is the first song. But you're right. It does make more sense to have an opening track be a, a Rapid Fire. Right. But I'm just so used to. To, to, uh, to breaking the law, but I gotta tell you, uh, I mean, I do love this album. I think the production's great, but it, it's a little disappointing because it's a little dumbed down. Like the drumming, uh, I mean, I like Dave Holland, I respect him. He's, I love him, he's Jewish priest and all, but he ain't no uh, Les Binks, dude. The drums yeah. are so no, yeah. it's like going from a, uh, it's like the Scorpions, like when they went from Rudy Leonard's to Herman Rarebell, you know, <laughs> like. It's just it totally dumbed down the sound, but I mean I love the songs. Um, I mean I'm so sick of breaking the law, so you know yeah. obviously yeah, that's that's a great track. But I if I never hear it again, I'm okay with that. Um, have you ever noticed that United and Take on the World are almost the same song? Yes, if they're both <laughs> anthemic and and like let's all get united and yeah totally. You know, where uh, that's a, that's a very polarizing song. When I was a little kid, and when this album came out, believe it or not, that was my favorite. I was like, "United oh, wow. is the best song on there." Yeah, I don't think that way anymore, but it's got this sentimental thing for me. 
that God, I love, I love every song on this album. I just don't mind it, you know. But right. now, looking back with all these years living with it, the rage is my favorite song. That song is just the shit. I and agree, dude. I agree. It's fucking awesome. That that thirtieth anniversary you were talking about, that bonus DVD it comes with. Yeah, I was at that show. And, oh wow. Uh, yeah, I was here in Hollywood, and it was so fucked up. I was so pissed because I had really good seats for the show, So, and, and I knew they were filming it. They were advertising. They're going to film it for the 30th anniversary. So I went with a... Th- and I never wear my band shirts. I never do. But I did that night. I wore a Thrasher Die shirt because I want Thrasher Die to be in the Judas Priest. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I was going crazy to get the attention, and sure enough, during Breaking the Law... They came up with me with the with the camera, and I'm like, breaking the law. And I was like, yes. They fucking edited me out, man. Oh, <laughs> so, dude. Yeah, I waited like maybe a year or two for that shit to come out. And I was like, motherfucker, they didn't use my footage, man. And you don't see me at all through the whole fucking concert. You know, I was like, fuck. I want it, you know, it's like big, bright green letters coming out of my shit. Trash or die. <laughs> no, didn't happen, man. Sucks. But. What a show that was, man! I I missed that tour. I think Death Angel was on tour during that tour, but I, I missed it. But they played the Rage, huh? They played the whole album, right? Whole album from beginning to end, and you know that version uh, with Rapid Fire. Uh, and no, Grinder wasn't after uh, Metal Gods, but it's different live because you know there's pauses, cheering, sure. you know. So I, I I could deal with that, but. But yeah, it, they did play the whole the whole album. Then they did uh, they did Diamonds and Rust, Victim of Changes, Hell Patrol. Oh yeah. Um, Hell Bent for Leather, and you know, got another thing coming. I think those are actually I have them right here. Uh, oh, they did uh, Free Will Burning as well. Cool. Uh, uh, Victim Changes, uh, Prophecy from. Uh, your favorite uh, Nostradamus. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but it was it was such a great fucking show. It was amazing. It was the last time I saw KK, man. Oh, okay. But yeah, and and like I said, this album, I, I love every song. Yeah, looking back and living with it for so long. Okay, if you were to tell me, be my least, even though United is so special to me, it's hard for me to say it's my least favorite. So I'll say you don't have to be old to be wise, but I still love it. You know. Uh. I love Steeler. That's my favorite song. Steeler is badass. What what an end to an album, man! Where they're where they're doing the solos back and forth. Yeah, they're dueling it, and and just the the consistent vibe of dance, 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 dance. Yeah, dance. dude, you know, it's, it's getting just, louder and louder and louder until it just surges at the end. Oh, oh man, I used to blow my mind when I was a kid, and I'd listen to the end of that album and the way it just fades out. I'd be, I'd be devastated. Like, oh man. You know, kind of, so, kind of like Heroes End. It's kind of not talked about much. Totally, man. Totally. That's uh, that's one of my favorite Judas Priest songs. Yeah, me too, that's, man. Me too. Yeah, and, and and they played it on the last tour, right? Yep, on that yeah. last one. Yeah, and and I would say, you know, it's my second favorite after the Rage. I think this album ends with such a great one-two punch. Yep. Totally. Amazing. Now we're gonna go into. Uh, oh yeah, I've been looking forward to talking about this album with you. <laughs> Because we touched upon it. And I don't know, Will. To tell you the truth, I mean, I, I'm not going to be hypocritical about this. If this album was released during the turbo time, I probably wouldn't like it as much. Uh-huh. Because, uh, you know, it, it does sound way more commercial. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to a podcast about Priest like a year or so ago. And they were saying how when this album came out, it was very polarizing. People hated it. I was like, man, I don't remember that at all. I remember all of us loving it. I don't think we all were, oh, well, British Steel is better than this and that, you know, but even though I think British Steel is better, there's just something so special about this album. I will say, you say yes and all the way are kind of weak. I admit that. Oh, yeah, dude, big (laughs) time. I mean, there's some serious filler on this album. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. And, you know, I, even I'd, back even then. Throw in, I'd even throw in You Say Yes, too. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I said. What is oh. I thought I said You Say Yes and All The Way. Maybe okay, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two songs, totally. Yeah, You Say Yes would be the worst. <laughs> even All The Way's better, and that's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I love Don't Go. I know it's weird and different, and 
Love that weird ass video. I love these videos too. I know Hot Rockin' gets a lot of shit. And with, you know, justifiably with them working out and all that goofiness in the beginning. But man, that second part where they're playing and there's flames totally, everywhere. Totally, dude. And those totally. headbangers and amps blowing up. I mean, that's to me the greatest moments in a Judas Priest video is the way Hot Rockin' ends. Yeah, I like the way Rob Halford's just kind of chilling by the marshals, like yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so cool, such a badass. He's such Rob Halford is a fucking badass. Yeah, I man, he's just say. he's so cool. Yeah, he's like the Fonzie of metal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I like Hot Rockin'. That's a great tune. I just. Uh, Turn in circles, man. Like that's the second song on the album, right? That's the fourth. The fourth. Oh wait, wait. What, what's the second? Oh, don't go. Don't the go. Song. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's a horrible second track. I mean, the album just takes a dip really fast. Uh, and you know what's even crazier? That was the first single. I know. I know. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking, man. That song. It's just the album just takes a plunge really quick and. If it was later in the album, I might appreciate it more because I mean it's an unusual song. I mean I don't I don't hate it, but I know people who like praise the shit out of that song, and I'm like, you're fucking crazy, man. I am crazy. I, I'll admit I, it, well, I am crazy. Uh, I love it. I love. I don't know why it's different. It's weird. It's not Priest, but I love that about Judas Priest. That's why I put them above Maiden because they're not afraid to take chances. And they Me do too. These, you know, weird things that. It's not predictable, you know? Totally. I, I love the way, yeah, you don't know what you're going to get throughout the album. But have you ever noticed that Don't Go and Return of the Vampire almost sound exactly alike? Oh, wow. You're <laughs> right. Da, 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 that, same kind that, of drum beat. Wow, I never thought of that. I yeah, love that man. song. Oh, fuck yeah. The first it's, time I heard, I heard, you know, I heard that Don't Go before um, I heard that Return of the Vampire. But when I first heard Return of the Vampire... That was a, that was the first thing I said was the fuck is this? Are you a cover of Don't Go? Like it, it just <laughs> it, yeah. like, why this song, man? Out of all of them, yeah. And, and turning circles, another unusual tune, mm-hmm. and it's got some cool vocal melodies, but I just can't get into it really, man. It's like uh, it's just I don't know. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorites on here. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Love that chain chain. It's so rearranging. I just love that shit, you know? But again, uh-huh. you know, it's them taking chances, being totally. more commercial, and, you know, Solar Angels is more uh, up to, you know, what you would expect from Priest. Absolutely. Uh, I love that song. And, and uh, Desert Plains. Fucking Desert awesome. Plains is, to me, the best song on this album. Yep, yep, I would agree. You can't get better than that song, man. This song, That song is just... And the vibe, you know, it's like you really. I really feel like I'm in a desert listening to that damn song. Totally, dude. Totally. The, the lyrics are are perfect. They, they, they describe the, the whole thing perfectly. Um, and you know, on the run is a badass tune too. Another yeah, great, tune. great ending. You know, yeah, yeah, great way to end the album. So I don't, I don't hate this album at all. But uh, it was the last one for me to buy of uh, of their '70s and '80s output. I, I even up until Painkiller, I still didn't own this album because I just I heard the three singles and uh, Hot Rockets cool and heading out to the highway school, but yeah, I didn't really like Don't Go and I had heard people complain about this album and yeah. you know I think a big factor that we're not mentioning is the shitty album cover, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, both. You know, there's two, uh, there's two different album covers to this, and they're both kind of like bland. Yeah, the European one's a little better though. At least I it was, has kind of a sci-fi say, vibe. Yeah, I was gonna say if you know if I was to pick, it'd be the European because at least it's a little colorful. What yeah. the fuck's up with that film strip? You know, it it totally makes, makes no sense. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the back cover too. It has those five like uh, oh white yeah, like stones. yeah, yeah. It's like two thousand one Space Odyssey or something. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so it took me a long time to get that album, and and when I got it, I was like, whoa! I just, I could, I could see why I was holding out for so long. But you know, I, I, I still dig it. I don't listen to it that often, though. It's definitely played rarely in my house. Yeah, it's. Uh, I like the troubleshooter too. Very commercial, oh, but I, I like that tune. Cool tune. 
cool chorus, really cool chorus. Yeah, um, not played much, but it was played in Chicago, and I really? have a boot. Yeah, I have a bootleg of them playing Troubleshooter on, on a soundboard or a radio. I mean, it sounds really, really good. Um, they did play it, but I have a full show from New York from this tour that they didn't play Troubleshooter. So maybe Troubleshooter was played early in the tour. I'm not sure. Okay. But it is it is good, but, uh, you know, I, I didn't notice the backlash, but obviously there was a backlash because the next album, they really went full-blown metal. Yep. And I, and I, I'll, I just want to say one small thing about this that's a really funny story, and, I'll, and I, then I want to know what you think of Screaming for Vengeance. The first time I ever heard Screamer for Vengeance, this is actually really funny. Uh, Randy Rhodes just passed away. Uh-huh. And I mean, months before this, you know, wait. Yeah, it was like March. This was released in October. But after Randy Rhodes passed away, <clears throat> we kept hearing about this band called Quiet Riot. You know, Metal Health wasn't out yet. And we're like, wow, I want to hear this Randy Rhodes and Quiet Riot. You know, my friend came by. Dude, I got Randy Rhodes with choir. No way. He played me the Hellion Electric Eye. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, my God. Quiet Riot are gods. <laughs> wow, dude. Yeah. And, and definitely to me, a, definitely yeah. a far cry from Quiet Riot. <laughs> exactly. But the, the intro to uh, Hellion, it was like, yeah, I can. It sounds like Randy Rhodes, you know? <laughs> but but yeah, this motherfucker. <laughs> then I found out he's like, dude, that Judas Priest. I was like, what Judas Priest is that? They got a new album. I was like, what? Man, back then, <laughs> dude, even magazines wouldn't even tell you when shit was coming out, you know. Totally. But yeah, this album, first time I saw the tour. But what do you think of Screaming for Vengeance? Uh, it's, it's in my top five. Uh, for a long time, it was my favorite Judas Priest album. Uh, at least when I was a real little kid, so it was the first one I bought, and uh, you know it's it's arguably the best production they ever had. Like the it just sounds so mammoth and huge, and you know production is kind of a big deal for me. So uh, I love the way the drums sound, and Rob's voice sounds huge. Um, I love the album cover, uh, and like I think Pain and Pleasure is kind of the filler track on the album. But I still love that song, too. Me too. And uh, I think my favorite song, I mean, Electric Guy is the best song, but nowadays I listen to Fever the most. I love that Love it. Track. Such a great deep track. Yeah, I love yeah. that one. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it is. I saw this tour. This is a funny story, too. Uh, <clears throat> Van Halen, D- Diver Down Tour, played the Sportatorium two nights on a Thursday and Friday. And Jesus Priest played Sunrise on that Thursday. Oh, shit. And, and I was like, Thank God, I'm a big, huge Van Halen fan. So I was like, thank God, you know, because, you know, I didn't want to pick. I probably would have went to Priest anyway. Uh-huh. But still, you know, I got to go see. That was the first time I ever went to two shows back to back. And my di- God. That was huh? Diver Down Tour? It was a Diver Down Tour. It was a day after. I mean, they played the night of uh, Jews Priest, too. They played two shows. They 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 played two shows in Sports Home quite a few times, like, I remember 84, they were there for a couple nights, uh, um, Van Halen. But, man, and, and funny enough, Uriah Heap opened for this oh, show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the, the singer talks about that. He talked about that at the, the last Priest tour. He was like, uh, yeah. Or, no, not the singer, the, the guitarist, Vic Box. Yeah. He talked about it on stage. Like, we, we toured with Priest fucking, you know, 30 years ago or whatever. Yeah. But Very it was... Cool. But we didn't know that. We thought it was Iron Maiden because Iron Maiden, Number of the Beasts was touring with this. And uh, I, I was all the way. I had like second row seats on KK side. And I'll never forget, man. Well, the first thing I'll never forget is when while walking in, I wanted to buy a priest and maiden shirt. And I'm like, where the fuck are the maiden shirts, you know? And uh, and and then I go in and I'm always second row. And I look up at the balcony and somebody made a huge Iron Maiden banner oh, <laughs> up there. Oh. So, yeah, a lot of us were very disappointed. But but Priest made up for it. And I'll never forget when Hoffer would hit those notes. And it was the same set list as that Nashville DVD out there. Yeah. 
when Hoffer would hit notes like on center and stuff, I'll never forget. I actually saw those big PAs on the side actually trembling. They were actually trembling when he would hit those real high notes. It was yeah. It was such an experience seeing that. That was the best time I ever saw Priest. I mean, right up close, and they were just, just so fucking mind blowing, you know. Have you ever heard that rumor that the the stage for the Screaming for Vengeance tour was the Kiss Alive two stage refurbished? No, I never heard that. Yeah, someone told yeah. me that uh, on the road. Like someone who's a, a long time road dog. Uh, Told me that yeah, did you ever hear about? Uh, did you ever hear that rumor? Uh, he heard it was true that parts of that stage were were the parts of the Kiss Alive Two stage. Yeah, it had steps. It just yeah. didn't light up. So wow. Who, who knows? That, you know, that's kind of a cool little legend if it is true. You know, that is wild, man. And it, and and as far as when I got into Priest from '79, they didn't come here till Screaming for Vengeance. Yeah. Right, and I wish they would have came for point of entry because it was Diano made an opening for that tour. You know, yep. yep. I wish I could have seen that, but <clears throat> yeah, it's it's great. First time they ever played "Take These Chains" was the show I saw on the last Firepower. They never played that song back then. Totally, know? the first totally. the first show of that last Firepower tour was in Hollywood. So we we all didn't have a set list. I remember hearing. Um, what do you call uh, interviews with Faulkner saying, we're going to throw out some songs we never played before. So I was like pumped to see what the fuck are they going to play? You know? Totally and, man. Yeah. It was uh, cool to say, take these chains live. Are, are you uh, a Uriah Heap fan at all? Do you like them? I try dude. I, and I still, I, I own magician's birthday. I own uh, a Bomagog. I think that's, that's, that's the tour you saw him on. Yeah. They open for, yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you something very eerie about that was that was at Sunrise Musical Theater. I saw the Blizzard of Oz tour there. Uh, oh, shit. Wow. Yeah, and, and Def Leppard High and Dry opened it. It was fucking amazing. And then when Uriah Heep came, it was Bob Daisley and Lee Kerslake. Oh, so, yeah. So I saw the same lineup at two separate shows on the same stage. That's killer. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I try, dude. Are you a Uriah Heep fan? Uh, you know, uh... I used to make fun of them pretty much my entire adult life, but I saw them live uh, before they did the, the tour with Judas Priest. They came through San Francisco like four months before and did a headlining show. And a friend of mine had an extra ticket. I was like, yeah, what the hell? Yeah, I'll, I'll check him out. And I, they won me over, dude. I bought like like seven Uriah Heap albums the next like, wow. week. Yeah, what would be your uh, favorite one? Uh, uh, look at Yourself. Okay, I'll, I'll, yeah, that's the one with the mirror on the cover. Yeah, dude, it's fucking okay, I'll heavy, look into it. man. Because I've heard a lot of people talk about Magician's Birthday, and I found it for cheap. I said, all right. And then I played it. I was like, I don't get it. But I will say, and I don't even remember much of them opening the screen for Vengeance. It didn't impress me. They impressed me the last time I saw them with Priest. I thought they did a good set. I was like, yeah, hey, good, solid hard rock. But I didn't know the songs, you know. Right, right. Well, of course, dude. I mean, uh, compared to Judas Priest in 1982, I would rather see Priest as well. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, uh, Iron Maiden. Like, you got you got oh, yeah. Uriah Heep instead of Iron Maiden. I would definitely rather see Iron Maiden back then or, yeah. or now too. Yeah, it was like, wow. Not only we're we gonna see Priest, we're gonna see Maiden. Then when you get there, it's like, where's the Maiden shirts? You know, it yeah, sucked. Yeah, it was it was kind of heartbreaking to me. But Priest made up for it, man. They it was just so phenomenal. It was I don't know. I, I can't, I can't praise it enough, but yeah, and, you know, Devil, Devil's Child, Riding with the Wind, uh, fucking Bloodstone. Totally, I mean, dude. This album is the shit. So I have a lot of uh, debate going on with uh, the other guys in Death Angel. Uh, like Rob and Mark are both, you know, they're, they're Priest fans. Not, not as fanatical as I am, but they're definitely, they love the Priest. And they both prefer Priest over Maiden as well. Um but they think I'm crazy because Defenders of the Faith is my second favorite Priest album. And uh, they think I'm crazy. Like, I think it's better than Screaming for Vengeance. Like, they really get annoyed when I, when I voice my opinion about Defenders of the Faith. They're like, you're, you're insane, dude. Like, it, just, it doesn't sound nearly as good as uh, Screaming for Vengeance. And I'll agree, production-wise, 
screaming has a, a better production, but Defender is just uh, it's just more evil or just more dirtier. Just this, I just love it. I love Defenders, man. I I I prefer it over screaming. I'll tell you the truth, not by much, but I do. Okay. Uh, for me, Defender of the Faith was like man. I mean, I, all my friends, when this album came out, we all tried and miserably failed to sing that part of Free Will Burn. Look at Polly Free. It was just yeah. the fastest shit ever, you know? It's like, yeah. what the fuck? You know, how can you do that? Then we finally met one dude that did it in front of us. Like, wow, you're godly, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but my God, this album, I'll never forget the first time I put the needle on this shit. Yep. Me it's neither. just blew my fucking mind like the one that i mean the, the thing that really got me on first listen was how jawbreaker ended the way oh yeah Hoffer screams jawbreaker at the end of that song it's so yeah. fucking i remember the fur going up the first time i heard that i was like fuck you know but thrill totally. of burning it's just the sentinel man i mean and- and just the last two songs, uh, uh, Heavy Duty and Defenders of the Faith. Yeah. I love the way the album ends, dude. Like, when, when you're a kid, dude, like, you're wearing, you wore it like a badge, you know, like a, a badge of honor. Like, fuck yeah, Defenders of the Faith, man. Like, that was my, my life. Like, it's, I was living for that, you know? And they, they, couldn't, they couldn't possibly get any more metal, which is why I understand Turbo, you know? But uh, I, it was just as metal as a band could fucking get, you know, without being man of war, I suppose. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and what a um, tour, man. I saw this show. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It so was, huge oh, stage, oh. man, right? Yeah. The stage it, was amazing. Yeah. They ended up playing the Sportatorium. See, the Sunrise is kind of like a mid, mid-sized arena. Okay. Uh, Sportatorium is where Van Halen played that last time. Uh, they had the whole Metallion set and the big claws coming down. Yeah, you know, never forget. Like well, the thing I really loved about Priest too, like uh, was um, the Scream for Vengeance tour, and uh, it was uh, Turbo too. Um, when Rob started singing, he wasn't on stage yet, and he just casually just walked out, and the place would erupt. I always found that so cool, you know, just like wander on the stage while you're singing. Dude, yeah. he he does that at the US Festival. Have you ever seen that? Yes. Footage? Yeah, where and, you see them behind the amps walking up. <laughs> so cool, man. I love it, too, now. But, like, back then, when I, I saw the Us Festival back then, I was like, where the fuck is where the fuck's Rob Halford? And they, they show him, like, walking past, like, a water cooler. or You know, yeah. like, he's still backstage. He's walking up the ramp, kind of. And I always thought it was, like, a mistake. Like, he missed his cue or something. No, no, and then that's over the, the years, I realized that's his stick, you know. And yeah. it is awesome the way he disappears, totally. Yeah, it's just so cool. The the defenders, I remember he showed up in the mouth. I'm yep. not sure of the Italian. I'm not sure if he walked. I know they opened with Love Bites, but I'm not sure if he was there when he started singing. I can't. I, don't, I can't remember that. But yeah, when when it comes to you know uh, that screaming, uh, yeah, I was at the show. I was like, where the fuck is he? You know, I hear him singing, and he just casually walks out. And it's like, and when he does that, the place erupts. It's like. That's so cool. You know, it's so unexpected. But And the way he walks out, it's like normal. Like, whatever. You know, where everybody else, like, make a, you know, jump out, you know, do a jump, do a split. This is how you start a show. Now Rob just comes out like a fucking god. And, you know, here's a a fact about Judas Priest I love is how they always mix up the opening tracks, like, when they, on each tour and what song they open up with. It's never like the, you know, a lot of bands just have their mainstay opening songs every tour. But, like, opening the show with Love Bites, I'm sure no one was expecting that, you know? No, I didn't. And, and here's another crazy thing. Uh, Love Bites is my favorite Judas Priest song. Of, of I, all time. Of huh? all time, dude. Wow. It's a great song. I love that song. The, the, the fucking guitar layering is incredible, man. There's, like, four different parts going on at once by the end, you know, and I just love the way the song is layered. It's really clever. I mean, and like it's funny that the drums are almost non-existent in that song. It's just a do 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 do. I mean, it could be a drum machine for all I know. Um, but uh, I just love the, the lyrics and just, yeah, that song. It just kills me every time I hear it. And they also opened up with a cool track on the Turbo Tour. They did uh, "Out in the Cold." 
yeah. another song you wouldn't expect uh, for exactly. an opening song. And it's like on. on the, yeah, on, go the, ahead. on the point of entry tour, they so opened up dangerous. with. Yeah, dude. See, I mean, that's awesome, dude. Fuck. So you see, you see, Love Bites, Solar Angels, and On the Cold are three tracks that start side two. Yes. So yes. they would start the show with the, the song that starts side two, which is totally just amazing. Yeah. What was it that I'm trying to think? What did they open with that Ram It Down? What was the opening track for that one? Okay. I, that was I, it wasn't it wasn't Ram It Down, I know that. And it wasn't Electric Eye. I think Electric Eye was the second song. I think the Hellion was Electric Eye were the second songs. The first song, god damn it. That was my first time seeing Priest. And my favorite time seeing Priest. Uh, it was phenomenal when I saw it, yeah. Was it with Slayer when you saw it? No, no, it was with Cinderella. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I love the first Cinderella album, but this was the second one where they lost me when they wanted to be blues. I mean, Cinderella's first album, you know, don't judge it by the cover. I think that's a pretty cool metal album, but, you know, it has a couple of things on it. You know, Night Songs, heavy, man. Totally. The opening track, I love Night Songs. But it took me me about 25 years to realize their first album was good because (laughs) I I, I couldn't get past the cover and just their image. But (laughs) finally, I, on a whim, I bought it at a store. It was like cheap or whatever. And, yeah, when I first heard Night Songs, the opening track, I was like, damn, I had no idea they got that heavy, you know, and that crunchy. Yeah. And uh, the album's great. I even like Save Me in the, the video. Save song. Me is awesome and Hell on Wheels. There's a lot of good tracks. Yeah. But but by this time, uh, it was the second album when they were trying to be bluesy. And, hey, look, we're white boys, but we can play the blues, so yeah. give us some credibility. It's like, no, man, get back to that fucking Night Songs type shit, you know? Yeah, all those bands went that route. Like, yeah, the by blues. The second album, they either became cowboys or, yeah. or, or, or blues sages or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know if you ever heard it, but you know it's a real heavy album. Is the first Great White? You ever oh, heard that dude, one, dude? I bought that. I bought that album on the last tour, the last Death Angel tour, the the COVID tour, because um, I I read an article somewhere that referenced that album and said that. It, it's, it's more of a metal album than a yeah. blues rock album. So I bought it at a used record store, and I, I was pleasantly surprised, man. I, yeah, like I it's was, a great, great, great album. Totally. That, that was supposed to open. I mean, it did open the Defenders tour, but we got Kickax, <laughs> some band from uh, I remember that band. Yeah, they, that they band. opened it. I just All I remember about Kickax that night was uh, the singer had no shoes on. He was barefoot. That's all I remember about them, but That's I was metal. like, God, I wish I would have seen Great White because I was already into them at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, like Cinderella, man, they just went that blues route and became bigger, you know? Totally. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Let's see, going back to Defenders of the Faith, um, I love the album cover, too. Uh, yeah. And I, I love the, the fucking saying on the back about the battalion, the little yeah, the yeah. It just pumped me up. Everything about that record, man. Um, and even Eat Me Alive, like, you know, it was part of the PMRC thing. Uh, I, th- I thought that was cool, man. I, I thought Judas Priest was that much cooler because they were part of the Filthy 15. You know? Yeah. And you know, <laughs> and you know what's crazy is that they played this album in its entirety on that tour except for Eat Me Alive. Really? Everything else. Yep. Every song was played that night except for Eat Me Alive. And I found that weird. I was like, really? I mean, that song rules. Totally. You know, it's like, why Why didn't you play? I mean, but everything. Night Comes Down, Heavy Duty, everything. Uh, some Heads Are Gonna Roll. Some Heads Are Gonna Roll was uh, very popular with the chicks back then. There's something about chicks loving that tune, you know? Judas yeah, it Priest, was, Judas it was Priest, on the chicks, radio. It chicks love Priest. Totally. Oh, it was? It wasn't over here. They didn't play it on the radio down here. They played it in the Bay Area, like... I thought it was the first single, but I guess uh, Free Will Burning was the yeah. official first single. But uh, yeah, I used to hear that song on the radio all the time. And actually, that was a, a slow burn for me because it wasn't it wasn't like you got another thing coming, you know. It wasn't an anthem, right. kind of a somber type of tune. So I wasn't sure what to think. I heard that song before I bought the album, and I was kind of like like weary a little bit, like or leery, like I don't know. But uh, I love that track now. And that song was written by the guy who wrote Take These Chains. Yeah, uh, Bob Halligan. Exactly. Bob Halligan Jr. 
I love the ballad too. I love Night Comes Down. It's so dark. Totally. Totally. Just, yeah, this whole album kicks ass. Absolutely love it. Do you have any friends or back then? Did you know anybody that started uh, complaining about the, the drum sound? Because I have friends that say that that's the beginning of Turbo. Is You can hear it like the, the, the birth of Turbo in the, the uh, production of Defenders of the Faith and the way the drums sound. And I don't think it sounds like a drum machine or, or technoed out. It sounds like Dave Holland to me. Is, yeah, and, I, I never, I, I, I didn't, I never heard. I never even heard of a drum machine by that time, to tell you the truth. Yeah. You know, so I, I think, you know, we're, uh, I never ever met anybody uh, except for King Fowley that doesn't like uh, Defenders. I, wow. Everybody else I know loves this album. Why doesn't he like Defenders? I don't know. I'll tell you a funny story about that was, um, you know, the <laughs> band Solstice and yeah. uh, their guitar player, Dennis, were all standing and then King started going off about, fucking defenders and dennis looked at him and goes man i'm fucking out of here and he walked away <laughs> he was so offended he didn't want to stick around here anymore <laughs> i might do the same thing man uh but yeah, yeah like lee, lee altis uh from uh heathen and exodus he doesn't like defenders either and wow like, we were listening to it on the bus one uh, one night and he's like oh man you could just this is the beginning of turbo turn this off like you can you can hear Turbo all over this album. I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? It's like the most metal <laughs> album ever recorded. Like, what are you yep. talking about? It's the concept to this album is metal. Yeah. You know, it's like defend the faith of heavy metal. Yeah. You know? Which and is why, which is why Turbo was such a fucking heart attack when it came out. I was like, oh, my, oh God. my God. Dude, yeah. I'll never forget that day, man. Let's, I, uh, get, let's get into that. I remember the day uh, they came out. I was I rushed down to the record store at the mall, and dude, it was like a fucking like three three mile, three and a half mile walk. So I mean, I I ran it. I was so fucking excited, and I saw it in the store. I didn't like the album cover right away. I was like, ah, oh, that's kind of a weak cover. And I was looking at the song titles in the back and. Some of them looked kind of questionable. I was like, uh-oh. But I, I was still excited. I ran home. I ran that, that three miles in like 10 minutes. <laughs> I was so excited. I just remember like putting it on. And within the first 15 seconds, I was like devastated. Like, <laughs> my, my world was just destroyed. Dude, I never had something that shocking happen to me up until that point. Man, I, I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. I remember my brother came home. Uh, in the middle of side two, like, and he was like, oh, "How is it, man? Like a new Juice Priest?" And I was like, "I think I was in tears almost." I was like, <laughs> I, can't, "I can't believe they did this." Of all the bands, I didn't think they would be the ones to to betray me like that, you know. Right. But uh, over the years, I've learned to to not love it, but I do like it. I like some of the stuff on there. Yeah, I was going to ask you your first initial reaction, and it seems like it mirrors mine. Um, I, I, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I bought this like the day of release, but it, yeah, I got it fairly new. And, um, my God, I was like, when I heard private property, <laughs> I thought, is this a fucking cover song from Sesame street? You know, <laughs> listen to it. It sounds like a fucking nursery rhyme. Like, you know, totally. So, Daddy, don't let me play my music loud. You know, it's like, this is not fucking Judas Priest to me, you know? And um, parental guy, I mean, it gets so bad. And then it's like, okay, well, we'll get heavy for you. Rock you all around yeah, the world. Dude. I was like, oh, man. Totally, dude. Like, when that song starts off, I was like, oh, here you go. Like, even it has, like, KK solo in the beginning. It sounds yeah. like something you do from Sinner. Like, there's a little, little glimpse of hope. In the beginning of that song, but the, the, yeah, it, it goes to shit really quick. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, out in the cold, I, I do like "Out in the yeah, Cold." I love that song, but I'll tell you, it, it took a little warming up to to get into it. You know, because you know, after, after hearing "Side One," it you know, you're not expecting, you know, and even that one is kind of a lot of keyboard, very mellow. It's like, eh. But now it's like, God, I love that song, man. So, and I love Turbo Lover, the title track, you know. Uh, that one. Well-written well song. 
Yeah, that one again. I didn't like that. So I didn't like Turbo Lover till I say like three years ago when because I, I I never touch this album. I just never do. Right. I, I have it, but I never put it on. And then somebody donated for the last uh, for for us to do Turbo, and I was like, oh god. And <laughs> I'm listening to Turbo now. I'm kind of used to Turbo Lover because of the video. Mm-hmm. So I never heard. I mean, I haven't heard this version. I don't remember this version. But goddamn, I love that middle section they cut out of the video. Oh yeah, the the, the fucking breakdown. Yeah, yeah, the breakdown and ha, ha, uh, Rob hits those high notes. Then it goes into the solo. Yeah. Man, that and then I thought, dude, this song is good. You know, Holy then then it, and you listen to that podcast, you hear me say, dude, I love Turbo Lover. Now I never liked it till I listened to. This full version that I haven't heard since like '86. I don't even remember it back then, you know. But yeah, yeah. Um, and it does have kind of a classic pre-sound in the little middle section, you know. Totally, totally. So yeah, I, I, I so if you were to tell me, um, all right, and then <laughs> you'll laugh at this. Then there's a song on here that's so bad. It's kind of like "Kiss Me, Stefano in the Park." It's so bad, it's great. Uh, <laughs> I know you're gonna laugh at this one, man. And trust me, I know it's a shit song, but uh-huh. listening to it, I was kind of like, dude, this is pretty cool in a stupid way. Hot for love. <laughs> dude, I love that song, man. Right? It, it's, silly, it's silly and stupid, but I dig it, man. And doing the review, I listened to it, I was like, I like, it's stupid, but it's awesome, you know? It's like a like a Richard Simmons song or something like something right, you hear right. like you work at like disco workout or something. But yeah, you see a lot of uh, big girls in thongs d- dancing around <laughs> to that song. Yeah, man. But it actually like the album starts petering out like midway through side two, and and that's towards the end of the album. I think like the second yeah. to last song. Second to last. And, song. Yeah, and all of a sudden there's a burst of energy, and uh, I I dig that track, man. That's a, that's a deep deep Judas Priest track, Dave. Oh, yeah. They've only played that song live maybe like two or three times. Yep, they tried it out. Tour. They tried it out in the middle of the Fuel for Life tour, and I guess it didn't work out. But yeah, they've only played it a few times. But I dig it. Yeah, I saw this tour all the way up front, man. It was a great tour. Even you know all these crappy songs, it was a, it was high energy. Uh, Hoffer was more the most animated during this tour. Uh, yeah, like as far as moving around and shit. I mean, he was really. Dancing around and doing this crazy shit, but I dug it, man. I mean, the one memory I'll have for the rest of my life was Glenn Tifton coming. I mean, I was so close to the stage. He like was literally like three feet away from me, like screaming right in my face, hell bent for leather during that that song. Right. And that, that will ever, you know, I was like, oh my God, you know. That uh, that, it, that robot at the end of the show looks pretty stupid though. Yeah. But the t- robot the robot t- that picks them up. Yeah. He called it Tina Turbo. <laughs> really? Yeah, that was the name of the robot, Tina Turbo. It looked terrible, man. Like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? Um... Dokken <laughs> opened up that show. Who did? Uh, Dokken. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So um, that could have been my first Judas pre-show instead of Ram It Down, because by the time Turbo came out, I was going to concerts, and... I was so betrayed by that album that when uh, when the the Fuel for Life tour came through the Cal to the Cal Palace, I remember I remember my, my mom asking me, "Hey, do you want to go see Judas Priest?" I was like, "No way, man!" I was like, uh, I, just, I, "I couldn't support it," and I've never been a Dawkins fan, so I was like, oh, I, wow. "I don't want to go." You didn't like Tooth and Nail? You know, everyone does the album. Everyone always says yeah. to me, like, you should listen to Tooth and Nail. I've never heard that album in its entirety. Okay, so. you should. You should. I think it's a great album. I think they went south after that, but Tooth okay. and Nail thinks it's a solid album. That's their but, second album, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, stay away from the first one. It's fucking terrible. The first one? You figure the first one would be great, Breaking the Chains. Yeah. It's a good song. I like Paris is Burning, but the rest yeah. is just bad. Huh. It's really bad, but you know, Tooth and Nail was like, wow, you know, what, a, what a, what a rebound on that one, you know? Right, but, right. But this was supposed to be a double album. Yep. Um, and uh, uh, a lot of those songs that ended up on Ram It Down 
were on Turbo, but before that, and I'll touch upon this, saying I didn't want to talk about live albums. They did release a Priest Live, which is, you know, a hit and miss. It's okay. It sucks. Yeah, it, it, you know, I liked I liked your favorite song of it. I liked Love Bites. I guess you didn't like it. Um, I, I, love, I, don't, I don't even remember how the version of Love Bites is. Is it a little yeah, bit faster, maybe? Or? There's a lot of screaming at the end. Okay. Uh, yeah, during Love Bites. I, I think that's the standout on here. Um, okay. It doesn't say it on Wikipedia. It doesn't say it anywhere. But I know, because I remember reading this in a magazine, some of this album was from the show I was at. The Wikipedia says it's all from Atlanta and Dallas. Right. But some of this was recorded at the Sportatorium, too. I don't know what songs, but some were. But, yeah, it's not something I really revisit. And not much to talk about it. But I did like the version of Love Bites. It's about it. Dude, the album cover fucking is a joke, uh, man. Ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> like, what is that? And, you know, they're not using their logo anymore. It's just the JP. Yeah, that's about terrible. It, it was objectionable. That's terrible. Oh, here's something I want to ask you. Um, I don't know if I'm alone on this. I think the best Judas Priest uh, logo is, you know, like what you see during, starting with St. Class. I don't like that logo now with the cross at the end. To me, it looks a little too busy. I agree, man. I like... Uh, actually, my favorite logo is uh, on uh, the, the... Sad Wings? Sad Wings and Sin After Sin. The, yeah. The, the, the Devil Tail. Yeah, I love that logo. Yeah, but I agree with you using the 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 cross of Judas thing or whatever uh, as the the T. I don't like it either. I, I like the the eighties Judas. Yeah, logo. it just looks so busy. It's like I don't like that. There, take that totally. off. You totally. know, I I get it. You're you're referencing Sad Wings and Painkiller and so on, but no, it just leave it the classic way. And yeah, the worst logo is definitely that JP. What's up with that? And dude, the fucking picture on the the gatefold. Yeah, they're trying to, they're trying to recreate like a Kiss Alive two right. picture. Like here's our stage in, our, in all its glory, and you know, like like I said, the robot looks really stupid. And then they have those superimposed hands, like like the pictures. Oh taken yeah, from. it looks terrible, dude. I mean, you can tell it, it's totally airbrushed in or like in front of a blue screen or something. It has a shadow. All the hands have shadows around them, like. It's really poorly done. Like this, everything about that record's second rate compared to Unleashed of the East. Co- or, correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't have the picture in front of me, but I kind of remember. Didn't it look kind of blurry too? Yes, the picture, <laughs> the picture, the picture's pixelated or something. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible, man. <laughs> Not even a clean shot. Totally. And I, I remember the inner sleeves had the JP logo on each on the. There were black little, and white paper inner sleeves, yeah. And the JP, JP The only thing cool about the inner sleeves, they had a a, a, a key for the all the uh, leads they play back and forth, like a, for like the oh, okay. Sentinel. They had a cool like solo key where you could follow each player like what they're doing. It was kind of neat. But aside from that, yeah, the packaging sucked, and uh, I think that was just kind of like an obligation or something. <laughs> they had to Probably. put it out. Nothing classic either. Uh, Hellbent for Leather was uh, a bonus track, I think, on the VHS version of it. But yep. yeah, yeah, it's it, it was and just the way they look too, you know. Uh, that was the beginning of KK Downing's perm that he never. Oh, got rid of. I I hate that perm too, man. It really I don't like it either. Me. It disturbed like me. Either. And adding <laughs> colors to the leather, it just didn't work for me, you know. Totally. But all right, I do we, regret. I do regret not going to that show. I it was a gone. good show. It was good. I gotta yeah. say, I, I did have a good time. I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember me liking the Turbo songs they played that night. But I also don't remember it bothering me much. You know? Do you remember just, if uh, by the time you saw them on that tour, were they doing seventy songs? Because like the first half of the tour, they didn't play anything from the seventies. And then they they started peppering them in. And by the end of the tour, they were doing "Victim of Changes." And oh yeah. Maybe, oh, they, okay. So they were "Victim of Changes," uh, "Green Man Alishi, I believe, yeah. and yeah. "Hellbent for Leather." I think okay. those were maybe the three songs they played that night mm-hmm. uh, from that tour. 
But um, all right, now we go to the next one, 1988's Ram It Down. What do you think of this one? I think this album kicks ass, dude. I mm-hmm. know uh, most people I know like talk shit about this album and kind of just put it in the same light as Turbo. Um, I love it, dude. I mean, it's a special part for. It's a special place in my heart because it's the first time I saw him was on the store. But, uh, I, yeah, I mean, when the album starts off with him screaming and it goes into a, the fastest pre-song ever, uh, Ram It Down, the title track. I mean, I was I was pleasantly surprised. And after, like, like seeing the video for Johnny Be Good, which is awful, horrible. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. But, uh, I, yeah, I was stoked, man. Um I love like some of the deeper tracks like Love Zone and Love It to Death. Those mm. two songs are awesome, man. And even though you can it's blatant there's a it's a drum machine. I mean there's no way Dave Holland is playing some of these drum beats. Like the drum intro for uh, Love Zone, there's no way at the age of forty five, he was forty five when that album came out. There's no way he's all of a sudden coming up with beats like that at <laughs> forty five. <laughs> And also, uh, the song Heart is Iron, which is probably my favorite song on the album. Uh, there's a wicked double bass part in the beginning. And I was like, wait a second. He's only the double bass twice in his uh, tenure as Judas Priest. Uh, Rapid Fire, which is a great performance. And then he does slow double bass on the chorus of uh, a Jawbreaker. Like a, dicka, 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 like a really slow thing. And that's the only time he's ever done those double bass, you know. And all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden, <laughs> at, at 45, he's going, no way, dude. I knew right away that was a drum machine, man. I was like, there's no way he's doing this. But still, <laughs> I still I still love it, though. Yeah, I, I love Hard Enough. But I got I to gotta disagree with you, man. I can't get into Love Zone. Whoa! Um, yeah, dude. And you know what? It, I've had, I, I've had uh, arguments with my friend, Ruben De La Rosa saying, how can you not love Love Zone? I was like, dude, to <laughs> yeah. me, it sounds like it would have fit on Turbo. It just, I don't know. You know what, dude? I'll give it another shot. But, man, I haven't heard this in a while. But I do love, I was very relieved when uh, this song came out. My favorite on here is Blood Red Skies. Love Oh, it. dude. Uh, what a song. Is, is that the song they opened up with on the Raymond Town Tour? No. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember who, who had opened that show. Yeah, fuck, I can't remember either. I got um, to see that video, that Sportatorium video. Judas Priest live in Miami, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they they brought back, uh, or they played under Blood Red Skies on one of their recent tours. Oh, no, you know what? They didn't play Blood Red Skies that night. They did play Blood Red Skies on the Epitaph tour, where they played a song off each album. Right, right. And Blood Red Skies was played there. I could be wrong, but I think Blood Red Skies was never played till that tour. Gotcha. I could gotcha. I could be wrong. But yeah, I do remember now that Blood Red Skies was not played the night I went. But, you know, I love that they brought back the sinner. I, and it was the first time I ever seen them do Beyond the Realms of Death. Totally. Totally. They, they didn't do that on they did that on, on point of entry tour, but they stopped doing it by Screaming for Vengeance. Yeah. Oh, uh, that was fucking awesome! You know, and they, they brought did back that. the they brought back the Ripper. Uh, yeah, a lot of seventies tracks. It was a well rounded set, man. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I loved it. And uh, I don't know what you feel about this song. Here's another song I like that a lot of people don't like. I like the last song, "Monsters of Rock." What do uh, you think? I don't like that track. Dude. It's plotting, but I love it. I just think <laughs> it's, it's. But you know, we'll talk about another song that mimics that song later. That universally hated that actually love but we'll talk about that when we get to it you but, know you know the story behind that song monster of rock right i don't it, you know what uh, before you tell me you know what i was thinking back then i was thinking maybe they wrote the song to be on the monsters of rock tour you're almost right dude you're hey, almost well, right they were supposed to be on the monsters of rock tour and van halen decided they that Judas priest attracted like a bad crowd. I, I this is what I read, but they, for like insurance reasons, they didn't want Ju- uh, they didn't want Jewish priests on the tour because they thought their audience would be uh, uh, a problem. Bunctious. Yeah. So they take Metallica. Van Halen's, Van Halen's <laughs> audiences are, are the worst ruffians around. Yeah. <laughs> no, and and also you're going to take Metallica, like totally. a, thr- a totally. thrash band, and it's like so, 
I think they'd do more damage. But you know, probably why they thought that was Jesus Priest on the Defender of the Faith tour were banned from Madison Square Garden. Oh. They, they tore the place apart. So they were never, to this day, they're not allowed to play that place. I, I, I read that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that so could maybe, be. I mean, I heard it was like a, an insurance issue. Like, Bay Hamlin didn't want to insure uh, Judas Priest. They didn't want to deal with it. So uh, who did they get instead? Scorpions. I mean, Scorpions is a lot safer than Judas Priest. Yeah. <laughs> Especially that era of Scorpions. Right? Yeah, Savage, yeah. Savage Amusement. Fuck that. Yeah, um, Savage Amusement, Turbo, Ultimate Sin. All my favorite bands were really getting fluffy. Totally, dude. All in the same year. Theater of Pain. Yeah. Uh, it was all like around the same time. But uh, yeah, they, they wrote that song as like uh, as the theme song for the Monsters of Rock tour. And then they ended up not, not getting the tour, you know? So, wow. I kind of yeah. thought that. I was thinking that, well, did they write this to get on that tour? You know, <laughs> I thought that at the time because was, it was released at the same time. Do you know the story behind Johnny Be Good? Why they recorded that song? No, I don't actually. Okay, so uh, when Turbo was out, um, uh, whoever, whatever movie company put out Top Gun, approached Judas Priest about having a song uh, on the soundtrack. I think it was Reckless. It, it, uh, did Reckless make it on there? No, but I think that's. I don't know if it did or not, but I'm pretty sure. I heard something about this. That yes, yes, yes. It, it didn't make it on there. Uh, it was supposed to be reckless. And uh, Judas Priest manager told him, this movie's not going to be big. It's going to be a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, you know, they were totally wrong, obviously. And so then when Ram and Down was coming around, they they jumped on that shitty movie, Johnny Be Good. They yeah. thought Anthony Michael Hall was the next rising star. And you know he totally that movie totally flopped. Yeah, that's why they recorded Johnny Be Good because they missed their opportunity with Top Gun. But I mean that song is, uh, dude, it was it, it's to terrible. Me, to me, it was heartbreaking because Judas Priest did nothing but awesome covers up to that point. Yep, you know Absolutely like right. Diamonds and Ross and Green Mountain Issue, which I I prefer over the originals. And totally, then they totally. they do this, and it's like. Not that I even like the Chuck. I mean, not to be blasphemous, but I was never really into Chuck Berry or Little Richard and stuff like yeah. that. But, but shit, I'll take the Chuck Berry version over because it's so, I don't know, processed and and predictable <sighs> and and I don't know, parental guidance ish. You know, <laughs> I agree, man. Like, and that was the first video, the only video for Ram It Down. Yeah, I mean, it was that that album didn't get a fighting chance because. Horrible promotion, uh, you know that terrible video. Did you ever see that movie, the Anthony Michael Hall movie? I think I did, and it was very forgettable. I think yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. It, it just it wasn't funny, and because you know he was pretty funny on Saturday Night Live, and when yeah. he was younger. So you know that movie had a lot of hype, but it just completely bombed, and Judas Priest lost their chance. <laughs> and I and I and I still have the single, which is the the movie poster. Uh, you know, a little forty-five with oh, Johnny dude, Good that, on that's it. That's one of the that's one of the only singles I don't have, but I do want to get it because isn't there a live version of something on the B side? I don't. Like I I have to look again. I don't remember. I, yeah, I think I don't a, think so. I, maybe maybe I'm uh, thinking I'm a rockers on the B side, but I could be wrong. Yeah, what do you think of that song? Uh, I don't think it's bad. I don't recall them playing this. Did they play this on Ram It Down tour? I think they did. They played it on uh, the Angel Retribution tour. They sure did. Yeah, that I remember, but eh, it's okay. It's not like, you know, one of my favorites on it. I love Come and Get It, Hard as Iron. Love it, love you to death, I love. I love that whip. Yep. You know? Hurt yep. me, baby! You know, I love that yep. shit. Love Ram It Down. You know, Heavy Metal's a cool tune. Totally. Uh, you know, I, 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 I just thought this album was such a major improvement. From uh, Turbo, but not a lot of people think that, you know. Yeah, dude. Like most of the people I know, just lump it in the same category as Turbo, or or think it's just like a cheap, a cheap attempt at trying to get heavy again. And I, I just, I dig it. I mean, yeah, the drums sound ultra processed, and they're obviously a drum machine. But if you can get past that, it's a solid album. All right, I'm gonna stop it here. To have part three next week, '90s. 
all the way to firepower. So this is the 80s episode of Judas Priest. And uh, it gets even crazier, obviously, with some of those albums they release later. Uh, but it's still quality, like this one, man. I, I love Will's passion for Priest. It's very infectious. So you know what time it is. Follow me. Man, I really need to buy some WD-40 for that door. Jeez. We're inside the Vieira Vault. And this week, I'm going to play something that I touched upon on this episode. A song that wasn't played much on the Point of Entry tour. But it was played in Chicago. And there's a professional recording of it. Sounds great. And I'm going to play it now. This is a rare recording of a live version of Troubleshooter. Love this song. Turn it up. Hello, Chicago! Give me some troubleshooter, baby!
Troubleshooter live in Chicago on the Point of Entry Tour, 1981. So that brings an end to this episode of... What's the name of my podcast again? <laughs> I had a brain fart. Uh, you know, it's Vierval. Okay, I know. But uh, next week, come back, and we're going to talk about everything from painkiller all the way to uh, firepower, and we're going to talk a little bit of uh, Death Angel and the organization as well. So uh, tune in next week uh, for the, what, what's, this, what's this called again? The Rock and Metal Vieira Vault. That's what it is. Combat Vieira Vault podcast. And uh, thank you, especially you that's listening right now, especially you that shares my show out there. Leave me a, a iTunes review, subscribe to the YouTube page, to Spreaker, and I guess, can you subscribe to Apple Podcasts? I don't know. If you can, do it. I'd appreciate it. I would give you the tongue, but cyberly, okay? You know, because, you know, unless you're a chick. But I know uh, Vieraval, it's mostly a sausage fest, which is cool. I don't mind. But, uh, yeah, next week, part three, the, the, the final episode to the Judas Priest discography. Till next week, my friends, as always, keep one fist in Ricky Rackman's face and your foot kicking his butt. <laughs> I mean his balls. Smack him a gob! <laughs>